Hello everyone, welcome to the Offside Football Show. My name is Harminder and I'm joined by... Joe. Hi. Hi, it's Paresh. It's Adam. Hey, it's Hardy. Jacob. And Deeps. And in this uh, episode, we are basically covering game week 8. And in this week, we are covering games from Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea and Arsenal. The big four, essentially. But the main talking point we want to start off with is the Liverpool-Man City game. It finished 1-1 and we want to know, as we have two Liverpool fans here, but some United fans, but we want to know first the United agenda and how they felt about the game. So any of you guys, Joel, Priyash, Hardy, Jacob, Heaps, do you want to start it off? How you felt about the game? Um, um, I'm an odd start, yeah. No, I mean, the first half, great. Like As neutrals, I love the first half. Like... No, I mean, no one saw, like, Liverpool playing, like, so attackingly, like, or, like, I thought they were going to line up 4-2-3-1, but they ended up, it was, like, 4-2-4 almost at the first half, and um, so they really went for it, and both teams really did go for it in the first half, and it, it felt like it could have gone either way, like, both teams had chances, it made for a great view, and 1-1 was probably a fair, a fair score line at the end of the first half, second half, it kind of died down, both teams didn't really create much, um, and, yeah, and uh, in the end, uh, at the end of the game, I thought 1-1 was a fair like a fair result and before the game I thought it was City's chance to make a statement and like get the win and like prove that they're here for it this season because last season they just fell apart so this could have been like they could have made a big statement by winning this game but they didn't and in the end I thought it was a better result for Liverpool than it was for City I'm inclined to agree with basically everything you've just said. Um, the fact that Liverpool just got Matip back after him being out for a few weeks meant they could go with a more attacking formation. And I feel as though, despite what he said, um, Klopp is hard-pressed to keep for me, um, Jota out of the team. Uh, but he still needs to keep Firmino in there to stick to his principles. So the 4-2-4 was interesting to see. And both teams did go for it. I mean, you had... A few penalty shouts. Um, the first one I felt was soft on uh, Walker going in on Mane, but it was a stonewall pen, even if it was soft. The uh, penalty which uh, De Bruyne missed was a very harsh penalty, but we've seen it given numerous times so far this year. Um, yeah. Overall, it was just a very entertaining game, and that definitely did suit uh, Liverpool more than City. As a United fan, the one all draw was a dream come true. Yeah, I definitely agree. And what I want to ask you guys is, if De Bruyne has scored the second penalty, do you guys still reckon it would have been a draw game, or reckon Man City would have won the game at the end of, by the end of it? Um, so I'll take that question. Um, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, and as far as you know, what if situations goes, it's tough to say what could have happened had De Bruyne um scored that penalty. You know, does Klopp uh, encourage the team to be more creative, be more expansive. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd never really know. But truth be told, uh, I feel if Liverpool at any point in that game went behind, we weren't uh, we weren't coming out with anything. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, the amount of injuries we've picked up recently, um, and even including the Trent injury that happened mid-game there, it's really starting to hamper us. Um, we saw us play a 4-4-2, and I don't think we've actually played or started a 4-4-2 formation before under Klopp. 
Mm. And it's mm. it's weird because it's almost, you know, is he doing it out of necessity because of the amount of injuries we've picked up? Is he doing it because he's refusing to drop Firmino or because he's forced to include Jota because of his form? But there was a lot of things that didn't feel right about that game going into it. Um, yeah. Both United fans already have said, you know, Liverpool are probably happier with the 1-1. With the one, one. I know I definitely was. Yeah. yeah, I reckon, to hold his question... If De Bruyne had scored that, I don't really see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't see us winning the game if De Bruyne scores that penalty. I felt like we ran the game first half to the point where in the second half we just didn't have the lungs at all. Because as many of you guys saw, around the 80th, 70th minute, both teams had, had, were just flat. Like the football was flat. No one was attacking as hard as they were. I think what we tried to do initially was just play. Heavy constant pressure. That's it. Full on. Let's just get as many goals as we could and just back off a bit and just hold the game for the rest of the game. And what Adam was saying, we were playing a 4-4-2 and I don't know, it just didn't suit Liverpool's play because as, as if you watch Liverpool week in, week out, they usually play with three midfielders and seeing Wijnaldum running around, like not like, you know, tracking his space and not knowing what to do. It just... It felt like City did have the upper hand. I'm more disappointed by City, really. I felt it was their game to take. Like it was City's game to win. Like, well, we had a weakened squad. We want full of full strength. You know, they could have easily s- s- taken that game away from us. Uh, Priyash and Jake, breathe. What are you saying? Priyash, you can go ahead. Yeah, I agree. Like City should have taken it, especially near the end. Like, um, like you have the De Bruyne miss. That's one opportunity that they could have taken it by. Um, it's a uh, difficult thing to say, especially like. You guys taking injuries, you're uh, not being comfortable in the position he's playing. He was playing on the right side, not on the left this time. Yeah. Um, that's th- these things are difficult um, on a team, especially like you guys play heavy pressure. So I don't know what to feel like about that. Okay. Mate, if um, De Bruyne had like hadn't put up a d- d- disaster class that he did, maybe see he could have gotten the three points. But like seeing. De Bruyne was off his game, by the way. Missing the penalty, some of the crosses. Nah, he just didn't. He didn't look right. And like as you said, it was a missed opportunity on City. But a lot of players had like off games, and that's where you want to see the big players step up, or the like the leaders. I still like keep going back to that company moment last season against Leicester, where he smashed in that goal. Like th- this game, like one of those kind of magic moments from any of the City players, and th- it's a massive confidence booster. But even in for City, like I would be concerned watching that game, like. Okay, they were like they matched Liverpool, but that's not saying much. At the back, they still looked—I don't know—they still didn't look very, very comfortable. And we saw the best uh, centre-back partnership on City now, like with Diaz and Laporte. And on that viewing, it was okay at best. It didn't like it didn't put a lot of confidence in me going forward. So for City, I, I think the question marks are still there. They didn't prove anything by getting a draw. I think it it. Definitely is more of a confidence booster for Liverpool than it is for City, and obviously City's got some catching up to do. Um, may I interject here? Um, I felt as though some of the City defenders actually had very good games, especially against such a fearsome front four of Liverpool's front. Um, I'd also feel as though um, City's midfield had an alright game overall. It was just, it was just a mixture of both teams were. A little bit of so progressively became more and more afraid of losing the game after such a fast start where they went at it all guns blazing. It was 
cold and wet. That's always going to be a drain on players when you're playing that kind of football. Because it takes a toll yeah. on you more than you think. Um, for the for, for City's equalising goal, I felt KDB was is it, it was his positioning that really made the goal, and then a touch of either class or perhaps a fluke by Jesus with his yeah. like back heel flick, which um, allowed him to get that toe poke in uh, to score the equaliser. I felt there were moments of class on both teams. They both had chances. One's on one, one on one for the keeper, um, who I felt both keepers had decent games. Um, I, I feel like it was a decent show. It was just both sides became increasingly scared to lose the game, as we've seen over the years with Liverpool versus City, and most of the big games we've seen this season between the big teams. Yeah, Jacob, uh, what was your point? Um, <clears throat> I was actually going to touch on that Jesus goal actually uh, when I saw it I thought instantly yeah he didn't need to do that touch but you can't really deny like the, the class of his um, the use of his agility to uh, you know spin in front of the defender and uh, yeah. get there ahead of the keeper and touch it and that's Brilliant. a really nice goal actually um, the De Bruyne penalty miss was I mean you just don't expect that do you that's, uh, that was pretty poor but yeah. not as bad as Lookman's got. I mean, uh, penalty, to be fair, so... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess we can forgive him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I sort Surprise of feel like uh, De Bruyne... I don't think he's been anywhere near as good as he has been in uh, previous years. I feel like um, with a couple of like long shots that I saw him take, it feels a bit like maybe he's trying too hard where it's not really working for him. So I think mm -hmm. in times like that, you just sort of need the rest of your team to sort of step up and help you out a bit more. So I don't know if maybe that's a tactical thing from Pep that you can adjust, make a little, back up a few changes and see if that brings the best out of De Bruyne again. Or maybe it's just down to fatigue. Who knows, man? Do see, you think... scoring a lot of goals, no, are they? Games. Like, just one goal each game, like for the last four or five games. Like, they're not scoring a lot of goals. And City have always been, like, for the last couple of years, have always been that sort of team where you always feel like they're going to score two, three, four goals. Like... And even like Justin, like we all play FPL here. How many of us have got like City players in our teams? Not many, because there's not the attacking returns aren't as 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 potent as they what they used to be. Like I'm just not used to seeing like City. I know like they're playing with Rodri and like Gadogan, so they're playing with two almost like DMs like player, and they're having to do that because they leak so many goals. But I I feel like that has taken some of what City's all about with scoring goals and playing possession football and. I think that's somewhat taken it. Like they don't look as threatening going forward as they did a couple of seasons ago. Do you maybe think it's a case of they haven't replaced David Silva? You know, um, the way David Silva obviously the the way he moves the ball, it really frees up De Bruyne to be more creative with the final ball delivery. You know, he doesn't need to be involved in the the build up as much, and he can focus on the end product a bit more. Do you think De Bruyne is having to do too much at the moment? Uh, touching on what Jacob said with regards to, you know, maybe some of the other City players need to uh, carry their own a bit more in the attack, perhaps. I agree with Jacob's point, to be fair. I actually do think that. And it almost, I mean, I saw a hint of like Bruno Fernandes in his performance against Liverpool. Yeah, and I'm like, the same. yeah, where he's like, when I see him, like see him taking shots, like from like 
impossible angles and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, like, it's the shades of Bruno Fernandes over here where he feels like he has to take it upon himself to create something, to do something out of the ordinary rather than keep it simple. Because, yeah, I do feel like they they were, like, this season so far, what I've seen from City is players playing safe to a certain extent. And you get that with two DMs and everything. And also, Aguero is a big miss. Like, Aguero in and around the box is as good as anyone there is in the world and has been for I don't know how many years in, um, uh, at City. But obviously him not being there now, like, I need Jesus to step up. Like, Jesus has shown with that goal, as Jacob mentioned, I also thought it wasn't luck. It, he actually meant it, and it was very, very good goal, and he took that really well. But I want to see him be, become prolific. And prolific is not a word that you associate with Jesus. Like, he's got a touch of brilliance, and he could he will score you goals. But I, I want to see him step up now. Step in, step up into Aguero's shoes and become a prolific striker. And if he can get that, City might start scoring more goals and become, like, a front runner in the Premier League again. But until that happens... I don't know. I've got. I've still got question marks all over this city team. Yeah, mm. and um, just real quickly uh, for Priyash, um, obviously as a United fan, but also as a self-proclaimed uh, Firmino fan as well. Priyash, um, I found an yeah. interesting stat today. Uh, Firmino has failed to register a shot on target for the fifth game this year, this season. Pardon me, and failed to create a chance for the fourth game this season. Now, you as a Firmino fan, drop him. Hundred percent drop him. I, I like I said. I think for me, uh, Jota should be in that position, and it would probably be a little bit better. I think he can do the defensive side. I think that's what uh, Klopp was going for by playing him in that midfield position to learn that bit. Because obviously on that left side he just attacks, and in the middle he just goes forward. So he doesn't really get to do the defending. So I think Klopp is training him to do Firmino's position. So I think drop Firmino and pick up your... Yeah. What about you as Liverpool fans? What's your opinion on Firmino? Because like, I know there was a whole Twitter debate on like whether Firmino should start or whether he shouldn't start. And then there was a whole discussion going on Twitter about this is the reason why he shouldn't have started because once again, he was poor. Um. Well, I think... I think he need, he he just needs time to to be rested. To be honest, he's just. I think you know he needs like a few weeks off. To be honest, like you know, I hope international break does him good because, you know, he has scored a goal. I mean, it was a tapping against Sheffield. Yeah, he hasn't had the huge the worst drought in the world, but I don't know. I think it's pretty bad, Sam. <laughs> like the these goal returns the past like year and a it, half. It is bad. Oh, I don't know. It's just it feels like the game is running away from him. I feel like yeah. he can't really keep up with the pace that Liverpool are trying to play with. And having Yota has kind of almost rattled him to an extent. Like, you know, Is that not a problem the all players in the league are facing at the moment? I mean, uh, Adam mentioned earlier that Trent went off early in the game, about the 60th or 70th minute, with a uh, muscular injury. Is that not to do with the scheduling of the Premier League, perhaps? That, he's, that these players Maybe aren't at the races? Potentially, but again, that affects everyone, doesn't it? Firmino shouldn't be the one that you know be hit, gets hit the hardest by it. I mean, everyone else is going for it. Yeah, but, um, yeah I wouldn't blame you know. it upon anyone else other than Firmino himself, man. He needs to really step up to the mark. Just get back to his old like performances. We know he can perform. We know there's talent in there. It's not like he's become a bad player all of a sudden. It's just like his just performances hasn't been up to the mark. And I believe a strong reason for that was the lack of uh, lack of competition. But now he's got that from Jota. So let's start Jota and. See, like, if he can step up. Yeah, fair. And um, so uh, we want, I want to touch upon the 
Well, it's the second game on my list here, and that's the Man United and Everton game. So what do you guys think? Uh, Jacob, what do you think of that game? Um, to be honest, the start of the game, I was a little bit worried. They had a, f a couple of chances early on. Um, I think uh, where, where Bernard had a shot and uh, Calvert-Lewin got a touch on it just went over the bar, and I sort of thought, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's going to be another yep. one of those ones. Uh, yeah. And when we conceded... I was actually very surprised about how quickly we just sort of picked our heads up and you know went back at it. Yeah, um, the defending for the goal wasn't wasn't the best, obviously. Uh, a bit lucky when it goes through Wamsaka's legs. Not much to hair can go uh, can do about it. But um, the closing and I think Lindelof barely even jumped for the header. Uh, it must have been I think they won it. So that I was yeah. a bit disappointed with that. But overall, I think um, everyone had a fairly good game. I'm not. I, I, sorry, just to touch on these because I'm watching highlights from different games and seeing penalty shouts and stuff like that and I'm just very confused at how poor the refereeing standards have been this season so far I'm not really sure where, they, where they're where they finding out how this is a penalty or this isn't a penalty like uh, yeah. the, the Maguire shout later on in the in the second half not sure why that wasn't a penalty um, yeah uh, it's just things like this are really confusing and they, they, these can such fine margins you know can really decide titles at the end of the day you know if you don't get yeah. a penalty where you deserve it you you may drop three points here you know so, those things add up just picking up on that obviously still talking about the uh united everton game mm -hmm. but just uh using that as a segue into pickford you know i mean it's another week it's another uh, erratic um uncontrolled and movement from him another another body in it taken another another but um you know is is now the time where pickford's no longer england's number one like 100 agree how, how much more be. evidence do we need personally i think he's one of the worst goalkeepers in the league besides i think ramsdale in terms of first team keepers is the worst in the league then mm -hmm. maybe i'm uh, not counting kepper because i feel like he's been really uh replaced sorry uh, th then probably Pickford for me. I, I I really don't rate him at all. And for me, Gareth Bell, Southgate still picking him as England's number one. I ju I just don't. I can't wrap my head around it. And who who would we have instead? It has to be Pope. Has to be Pope. Maybe if Henderson I, was playing. If Henderson was playing games, then I'd maybe say Henderson. But obviously, Pope actually does play games, and Pickford's horrible. So. Exactly. Um, what about you, Hardy, Mum? What'd you make of the game? I really enjoyed it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after last week's uh, performance. Mate. Uh, I, you know, it was, it was a uh, long due to see a good performance from from our side. I think, uh, as Jacob mentioned, um, the first goal was pretty unfortunate. But I feel like after that, United defended decently well. I'm not saying they defended really well, but I think they they did an alright job at defending. Uh, going forward, though, our team was looking really good. Uh, Bruno was definitely the focal point of the attack from our side. I do want to say I'm not impressed with Martial one bit. I think he really brought us down. If he had a couple of better touches, a couple of better passes in the box, uh, Rashford and Bruno kept fe feeding him good balls after good balls, and he'll keep fucking it up. I'm really not happy with him. Uh, but I'm, I think that might be due to the fact that he has been, you know, because of the red card and stuff, he's been out. But yeah, um, otherwise, ha pretty happy with the game. 
So you know how Jacob mentioned he was nervous before the game, or like even when the game began, like because obviously you don't know what to expect from United these days. Like it changes from game to game. Like people <laughs> yeah. put a people put a run of games together. We don't do that. Like you, we could be we could be beating RB Leipzig, PSG away one day, and then fucking losing to Istanbul the next. Like <laughs> you don't. It's, it's a, we're such a yo-yo team. Like in like and it's it's been like this under Oli for some 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 time. And that's Definitely. one of my biggest criticisms from Oli. But with this game. I was confident that we were going to win. And do you know why? Because what? every time we we Oli's jobs is under threat or Oli's under pressure, these players turn into Galacticos. Like, I'm not <laughs> even lying to you. Like These players are something else when Oli's job is under pressure. Cause, but that's my that's the annoying thing about this team. Like Although I'm, I love the result. We beat Everton away. And we're only four points away from like Spurs. The season is still very... like. It's still still early days. Like things can change very quickly and very dramatically very soon. Like yeah. one of the top teams dropped uh, like one one of the games and was right up there in the top four. So it's not all doom bro. and gloom. We're looking like title contenders right now, bro. Trust I us. mean, I wouldn't go that far. Let's not get carried away now. But like, it's, <laughs> all I'm saying is like, it's not all doom and gloom. But one of my biggest criticism always been, it's like we can't put a run of games together, man. We can't put a True. run together. Like after two games, it's like the the loss is round the corner. And now, hopefully, we've got a good run of fixtures coming up. Now, I want to see United go on a run. Like, all otherwise, this win is for nothing. Like, we've won, a, like, we've won away um, to Everton, which, which, to be fair, had a good start to the season, but now tailing off a little bit. But still, that's a difficult place to go and get three points. And we've done that quite comfortably. I think in that game, we were quite comfortable for majority of that game. And yeah. I always thought we were going to win. So that's, that's what was the most, uh, I, su I suppose, the pleasing thing about that game was how comfortable we looked in, in that game. But it doesn't mean anything if we can't put a run of games together where we actually start playing well. So that's the big question mark over Oli and over this United team. And it's always been that way. So let's see if they can put a run good run together. And yeah, let's get and climb up the climb up the points table, man. Because we're still like, what, 11th, 12th? Yeah, we're not looking too good on the, 13th, on the table I think, right maybe 14th. Yeah, the, there's um, been a lack of there's all, there's that question of uh, consistency basically, isn't it? Always and, been, uh, yeah. And can we keep it up? Basically, keep up the form, but yeah. I yeah, mean, also Hardy, like your criticism of Marshall is a bit harsh. Like Marshall's always been, like, I always feel like he gets scapegoated quite, quite, like a lot by the media and the fans. I feel like he was a player of the season. He should have been our player of the season last year, and I feel like. He still does well, man. I don't think he gets all that service, man. I think he he holds up the ball a lot. He does well for the team, and I feel like he does well with what he's got. Like I'm, I generally think that I know he's not prolific, and you want him to be prolific. But does he get the chances to be prolific? Like how many chances did he have in that game? How many chances did he miss? Not many because he didn't get as many chances, and he tried to do whatever he could. But the ones he had, he didn't put away. He had, okay, he didn't have. Like 10 15 chances, but he got I know at least five different chances, which were good chances that he could have done better with. He could have done better with the ball, he could have done better with the shot. Um, one of his shots, uh, right at the beginning, I think it went wide. Uh, it, you know, it, it's something that he should have scored from that angle, should have easily scored a player of his caliber. I feel like. Uh, what do the other United fans have to say about this? I, I'm inclined to kind of go in the middle of both of you there. I feel as though he could bring a bit more energy, but at the same time, if you're not receiving the service, you're not as willing to put in the energy because you feel as though it's just going to be wasted. He's not mm. He's not receiving the service. Um, I mean, last week against Arsenal, I think United put the ball into the box maybe two or three times. We scored from one of them, but we never put the ball in the box. <laughs> uh, it, 
We we simply don't. I mean, we put the ball in the box. Bruno put the ball in the box twice against Arsenal, and oh, no no sorry, the ball was put into the box twice against Arsenal, and we scored from two crosses. That's probably put in a few more times, but we scored from two. Is my point. Um, one of which was came from the cross directly. It just went through. It was a dangerous ball in. Mm-hmm. Um, if Martial's not receiving the service, then we didn't score I, 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 I we can't blame him. We didn't score against Arsenal. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We didn't score against Arsenal. What oh, no, sorry. Um, against... Um, um, midweek. Midweek. Yeah, Istanbul. Uh, Istanbul. That was it. Against Istanbul, yeah. Yeah, yeah Istanbul. Sorry to be fair, about that. it's hard to differentiate both the performances because they were both as bad oh. as each other. <laughs> yeah, that, that is quite true. Um... Though I feel as though Ole Solskjaer is getting a bit of the stick. Yes, he doesn't. He has been inconsistent. But United have gone on a few long stretches. Like that's how we got top four last season. We went on a good run despite all the criticism we received. I feel as though the best of United is still to come. The fixture list we've had this month has been insane. I tell it like I'm just gonna say it again. It's been insane. Are we <laughs> we with our with our with the Everton uh, kickoff being at half twelve, half twelve, we yeah. got back into the UK. The main, the first team United squad got back into the UK from Istanbul at yeah. four a.m. that morning. And you're telling me, and like with the flights and everything, you're telling me that United had any time to prep for that game hmm. at all. The the the, prefer, the the lack of preparation that we've been given, the lack of preparation time we've been given ahead of these fixtures, and the fixtures themselves have been so difficult. I don't think Solskjaer, uh, Martial, and that deserve as much stick as they've received. There have been some points in most of our, in our defensive line that needed to be pointed out, but for the most part, I feel like they've been rectified, even if we were still a bit shaky against Everton. Everton did have chances um, right at the start. I think um, Digne hit the post when he also had the opportunity to lay it off. And there are a few other opportunities. That's fair enough. What about you, um, Liverpool fans? Think about Martial, by the way, just out of curiosity. Like, what's like, I just, I'm just always very curious because I know Martial divides opinion amongst United fans. Like, just wonder what the opposition fans think of Martial. Do you want to go first, Amanda? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's. Am I am, am I wrong to say like he's not? Are we still yet to see like more of him? Is he not the same? I feel like he's kind of the same player he was five years ago, like when he scored against us, like in that goal. You don't uh, feel like the progression has been that much? Like, yeah, I don't feel. Yeah, I don't feel like the progression has been that much. Like there hasn't been, like, like does he go on games where is he consistent enough to score every week? No, no. That's but, the issue in it. Like, you know, and it, if it, he's going to be a number nine, he has to be that. Like, right now. Um, you could argue, because you could say roughly around the same time Rashford and Marshall have started roughly their United careers around, around the same time. Who has progressed more between them two? I feel like they're both opinions? on the same level. I genuinely believe that. Mm. Mm. I, yeah. I mean, Rashford, like, Rashford goes through bad run of forms, you know. Like, he, one thing with Rashford is, like, he's great in some games, and then he will go through a couple of bad games. Like, you mentioned the Everton game, like, you meant, like, Cardi mentioned Martial. What did Rashford do? Hmm. Like, mm. he was non-existent in that game in Seoul. But obviously, with Rashford, his age helps him a bit, but he's only 22 years old. Um, and obviously, Martial's now is getting to that age bracket where you want that him to be, like, be, like, a prolific striker, be a proper yeah. number nine. Um, I don't know. I feel like 
I don't know. I just, he needs to show like he needs to add that not one step above. You're not convinced. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I don't know. He needs to show like you can't say it because of his age. Like look at Mbappe. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that he played. He was kind of supposed to be in it. Do you know what I mean? That that sort of caliber. As I was hyped up to be that sort of level. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you see someone else like Mbappe do it. You're wondering, well, why isn't Martial doing it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, Adam, what were you gonna say? There's definitely a quality player with Martial. I think. Um... Personally, you know, I I hold him in quite high regard. Him and Rashford, I, I just feel like their form, um, take away injuries, take away fitness. Bearing in mind, it is a weird year with the whole COVID nineteen. Um, nothing's particularly normal. There's two quality players there, but at the same time, they need to be around quality teammates, and they need to be, you know, in a team playing with form, with consistency. Yeah. And I feel if there was more consistency around them we'd be seeing more from Rashford and Martial. So I wouldn't hold them too too liable. Definitely think too, maybe not world-class, but potentially world-class players right there. Um, I agree, yeah. One thing I did want to raise to the, to the United fans, because last week I spoke about the diamond and how ineffective it was against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. We saw a Fred McTominay partnership um at the start of this uh, this Everton game. As far as Pogba's concerned, what are your thoughts? Um, do you prefer Fred McTominay? Does Pogba have a position in the strongest United eleven? And what does that look like for you guys? If anybody wants to just quickly touch touch on that for me. For me? Because I've already thought about this before. First of all, I don't like McTominay. I know he does a job and I think it's, it's all well and good that he comes in and does a job and stuff like that, but... <clears throat> for me, uh, as, much, as much as I like Pogba, I would actually just sell him, to be honest, because he's not a player that really steps up when the team needs him. He's very much of, if the team is playing poorly, he's playing poorly. If the team is playing well, he's playing well. Yeah, yeah. I think he just he, he's, he just is the same as the mould of the team, really. We don't really have anybody that steps up. And with like the, the Martial comments, I sort of... I don't, I don't... I would say that he has that quality that he will step up. Not all the time, obviously. I, I f feel that he's a very um, prolific goal scorer in terms of, you know, you saw the team we had last year for much of the season before Bruno joined, and he was still yeah. carrying the whole team. This was when Rashford was injured, Pogba was injured. There was no creativity in the whole team. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he would, he would, st he was still scoring goals, keeping us, you know, within touch and distance of before we signed Bruno to even have the potential to go on that run that Joel mentioned. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I, I would I would say that uh, yeah I don't know if Pogba really fits into the team too much. I, yeah. I would see those um, those chances being given to somebody else personally. But we definitely I don't want to see Diamond again. Upgrades on on McTominay. Okay. Fred can be a squad player though. I'm happy with him. Yeah. Priyash, have you what were your thoughts about the game quickly? Uh, I thought everyone played well. Early goal, we conceded like we usually do like defensive yeah. errors uh Shaw played well I as a person that you know doesn't like Shaw I think he played well that ball in was good to Bruno yeah keep doing that I don't think we need Tellers even though we bought him but that would be a hurtful buy or maybe convert him into a center back I don't know where the future takes him but that's my thoughts on the game um, can I just um go back to the point although I will say 
uh, with yeah. Towers maybe being converted to a centre-back. Luke Shaw has actually played left centre-back when United have played a back five on numerous occasions. So if anyone could play that role, I'd say Luke Shaw could. Although I do believe United still need to bring in at the centre-back. Um, but going back to Pogba, I believe it's um, he doesn't doesn't fit Solskjaer's system. He so, Pogba is a certain kind of player. He's very physical. He wants to play the ball forwards. But yeah. the way... United system kind of evolved. It's United play their best when they've got their centre back pairing is working and they've got and very similar to Liverpool, I'd say, is where they've got those two holding midfielders sat in front shielding them. And that's what I see in your McTominay and Fred. And I think McTominay McTominay is a class player. Um in comparison to what Jay has said. I think he's an amazing youth academy um talent that's come through the ranks. Um, Fred gives the ball away too often, but again, great squad player. Pogba, I think he doesn't fit the system anymore, and he doesn't have the commitment to be at United. He thinks he's bigger than the club. That's 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 always been the thing I've got from his ego. He's already basically said in the nicest possible words on publicly that he wants to join Real Madrid. Mm. And as soon as soon as a player like him says that. I think it's time to cash in on the money, let him go, find another um, good player. We've got Van der Beek, who I think is not getting used enough and can be the perfect replacement for Pogba in the long haul. And just on just Pogba very quickly, enemy. just very quickly. Um, I think Pogba's been thrown under the bus. Like we got to keep it. Like he's been like he was the guy that you'd play on the left side of a three-man midfield. He we basically for the last year or so we've used him as a DM. He was never a DM. He's never True. that sort of guy. Like you, to get best out of him, you have to play him close to the opposition's box rather than your own box. Like, and I feel like Pogba. We we didn't make the best out of Pogba. Pogba like did have a good season under United, and Pogba's somewhat been un undervalued and has been has been scapegoated a lot because of all the media attention. And I just feel like with Pogba, like I know he's frustrating to watch, even as a United fan myself. Like I find him frustrating, but I also feel like he wasn't given a fair go in his. Like he was never given up. Like when he was playing in Bruno uh, Bruno's position, he did really well before the injuries and everything. Like he was really yeah. really good. But you play him in a position now where now I genuinely think that you can't play Pogba and Bruno together. So now you have to choose one or the other. And I feel like. With Bruno, how he's performing and how he's re-innovated this team and what he's doing for the team at the moment. Yeah, I suppose with Pogba, it's like, unfortunately, you can't stop Pogba at the moment. So, are you better yeah. off shipping him? Maybe. Who knows? I think so. I, I think so. When was the last time you saw United play Agreed. with three, like, holding or central midfielders in a line? You always have one of them forward and two holding, for yeah. the most part. If we send, if you send one of them forward and United are exposed and we can see the goals, it doesn't work. All of our system. Exactly. Okay, shall we move on to the next game briefly? Yeah, sure. Touch upon uh, Chelsea and Sheffield United. Now it seems like Chelsea have kind of got the groove back. We're seeing Ziyech dropped and dropped inside the team, and he's kind of doing bits really, like picking up assists. You know, finally looking like the playmaker that Chelsea kind of lacked with Havertz at the beginning of the season. Are we seeing a Chelsea resurgence, guys? What do you guys think? I think Hardy? so. I agree. Uh, I agree with what you've said and I do feel like they're sort of catching onto form uh, if they can keep it up for the next couple of games I think they have relatively tough fixtures coming up I know they have Tottenham coming up soon they have uh, City coming up soon as well so they do have tough fixtures coming up but um, 
like uh, at the start of the start of the season, they weren't looking nowhere near as strong as they are now. Especially having seen how they were playing against Sheffield United, they were all over them, you know, and they were playing aggressive football. They want to score goals. Uh, they have the players to deliver uh, for those goal-scoring opportunities. So I'm thinking they they look the players look more confident as well. So uh, all around, I feel like uh, this Chelsea side is looking a lot better now. I wouldn't get carried away just yet. Let's let's just remember this Sheffield United team are like what sitting second to the bottom at the moment at the points table. They haven't had a strong start to the season. They haven't had a. Uh, they don't look like the team from last year as a, as a clearly. I mean, as I predicted at the start of this season. Anyway, I didn't think they will be anywhere closer to what they were last season. But this Sheffield, I mean, they've had a good run of like. I know they've had a few wins under their belt now, and players are starting to gel and everything. But I wouldn't get carried away just yet. Like the. There will be teams that will challenge that defensive line. Like I'm still seeing Thiago Silva at the center, as with Zuma at the centre back partnership, and there's no way I can ever think that that will ever work. So I just have my question marks over Lampard. And one thing that really annoys me, like about Lampard, he keeps saying coming out in the media and saying that he gets unfairly treated. Like if anything, he's wrong about that. If anything, he's getting a lot of like uh what you call it acclaim from the media and the fans and everything like if any other manager in his position they'll be like why are you not near the top four or <laughs> why aren't you like you sh this is a season where you should be challenging for the title and i haven't heard anyone put chelsea in that title challenging bracket just yet because they haven't shown that type of form especially I, when i see that kind of performance against the big teams and the more convincing performances then i'll be more convinced but i wouldn't get carried away just yet do you feel like he um gets that treatment because he's english Deeps? i i you know what? No, like maybe I don't know, but I just feel like he's, if anything, he's not getting as much criticism as another manager would. If anything, he thinks he is, but I, in my opinion, I don't think he is. Like I, I genuinely, he's got the players and everything. He, they, this team is as good as any team in the Premier League at the moment. Like if anything, like the expectations for Lampard, why should we lower our expectations for Lampard at all? And he thinks of expect like we are treating him unfairly, and I think it's the complete opposite where. I feel like he is getting an easy ride at the moment, and sooner or sooner or later, he's gonna have to like stop, start sitting with the big boys, with the like the City and Liverpool, like, because that's what the basically the target is this season, not just the top four challenge for the top four. I don't even see Chelsea like this Chelsea team as challenging for the top four. I want to see them fighting for the title, and so far, I'm yet to be convinced because I've seen them do well against these lower teams who aren't performing well in the table, but time will tell whether how they will do against the big teams. And the defensive backline is I still have my questions and doubts over. Yeah. Just to play devil's advocate with uh, with Deeps there. Um, as poor as Sheffield United are, and they have been poor this season, it's three league wins in a row. Sorry, pardon me. Three league wins out of five for Chelsea. It's four wins in a row in all competitions. And it's three games in a row where they've scored four goals or more. So I feel they are moving in the right direction. Mendy is a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, that's obviously going to raise questions for Kepa, but that's, we'll move on to that in a bit. Uh, Ziyech arrived injured and starting to come into his own. Kovacic uh, out of favour at the start of the season, also tr starting to come into his own. Uh, Timo Werner, when he's down the middle, we've seen how deadly he can be. It's just about whether or not, how many opportunities is he going to get to play in his preferred position. I think it's there for Chelsea. I don't think there's any reason why Chelsea shouldn't or won't be amongst the uh, the conversation. And um, I think the criticism on Lampard is just 
the expectation is just you know the money they've spent um the yeah. players they've brought in Chelsea need to be top three and there's no there's no two ways about it right now for me yeah. Could you not maybe argue that this is his first full transfer window and they and with the coronavirus they haven't really had a time to implement the scheme, the system to their new arrivals despite all the money they may have spent. It doesn't matter if they don't know the system, they don't know the philosophy. Um, so therefore couldn't you say that Lampard's being hasn't really been given a chance to make the team his own until just now or only just beginning to see what he can do. The spine's always been there, though. Um, you feel like, um, you know, strikers, Thiago Silva as a centre-back, the Ziyech, but the majority of the team have been there for a while, and a lot of them have actually played with Lampard previously as well, um, or at least a few of them have anyway. But... <laughs> yeah. I, I... Not so much that you know, Chelsea need to be up there. It's just that the fact that I can't see anyone else being up there. So for me, Liverpool City in no particular order and then Chelsea and then, you know, a blank spot personally. I think that's the bare minimum from them. Yeah, I think they should be challenging, like pushing the top two teams, which is in Liverpool and City. And um, so, yeah, time will tell. But as I just said, like I wouldn't get carried away over these wins against because I, I watched them ship three goals away to Southampton. Um, I, I saw a, a draw against United where there weren't many chances and they played it really safe. So all I'm saying is I'm yet to be convinced. Like they haven't put like that stamp of they haven't had that one game where they really announced themselves. And until that they announced themselves against one of the big teams, that's when I'll be like, all right, fair enough. Like Lampard's arrived, like, but at the moment, like they he lost to Oli like what three, four times last season. So I can't yeah, even take yeah. this guy seriously. Like just because of that, I can't take uh, Lampard very seriously at the moment. But we'll see, we'll see. Okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll have to uh, wait and see for that one. Uh, but for now, we're going to move on to the next game, which was Arsenal and Aston Villa. Just going to talk about that quickly. Um, that was a very fun game to watch. Very interesting game. Uh, what does everyone think? Sorry, coming. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, uh, us, us, uh, the way the way Arsenal have played lately, especially against United, they they were lucky to get the win against United. I mean, United were poor as well, but Arsenal didn't do anything that made them made anyone think they deserved to win. And they haven't had lucky had the best start of the season either. The the points they have got again, no one's been convinced by the points they've earned. With Villa's run of form, I mean, are they are they still top of the table? No, they were top of the table um, upon that win, but they've been knocked off by um, a couple of other results. Um, with the form Villa have been on like, after their signings, I, I don't know how most people didn't see this coming. It, was, it, was, it took less than a minute. Okay, it was ruled out after like, a five-minute VAR check. It took less than a minute for Villa to smack the ball into the back of Arsenal's mm-hmm. net. They they should have known straight away or from that warning like after a minute that they need to like okay something needs to happen like can I ask a question to everyone mm. has Arsenal improved since Wenger has left yes or no well, since Arteta took over since Wenger has left no. two, two three years ago two seasons ago down in my opinion obviously since Wenger left there was the uh, initial well more more hope more than anything with Emery and then obviously that that quickly faded. And I think we're seeing the same thing with um, Arteta. 
again, I have quite um, a few Arsenal friends, uh, Arsenal fans as friends, sorry, and um, they're very passionate about what they see in, uh, in Arteta. Personally, I, I think he's organised them, so I definitely think they're better because defensively speaking, with Ar under Arsenal, they are, you always, any team you, that played against them, you always thought that they might have a chance because defensively, they just there was never any solid um, solid. Oh, I can't think of the word for that. Just going <laughs> to anyway. They weren't very defensive. Solidarity. Solid, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, in terms of their organisation, they're definitely a better team now. But there's just no flair. There's no creativity. Oh. It's just sort of we'll just do our bit defending and then hope for the best going forward. So it's like it's like Joel said, they didn't do anything to beat United. We basically did ourselves. Um, <laughs> oh, so. Do you know how annoyed I was watching that Arsenal Aston Villa game or seeing that result? Oh, like definitely. to see that fact that United didn't beat them annoys me so much more even now. Like this Arsenal team, right? It is so boring. This is just a glorified Wolves. This team, this Arsenal team. <laughs> what is like? If anything, I prefer, like, I'd rather. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, have you seen the way they play? It's so robotic. Like, every player just stays in their position. There's no interchange. There's no one touch, two touch, three touch. None of that. It is so robotic. Like, I get it. Arteta has organised this team. But he's sucked the life out of this team. Like, it's so boring to watch. Like, Arsenal. Like, look. Every time Arsenal lose and they do bad, I love it. There's nothing more. There's nothing for me. Like, the best feeling in the world is seeing, like, a meltdown of Arsenal fans. I love it. But... One thing you can always respect Arsenal for is the type of football they play. Like, I was like, okay, fair enough. You go to Emirates, you watch that side of sort of football. They might not always get the result, but it's always champagne football. This stuff that they're playing at the moment, yes, you might get your results into, but like, there's no, this is not long term. Like, there's no creativity in that, uh, in that team. Villian was, <laughs> doesn't look like, doesn't look to be a good signing anymore. Um, he was awful. And one of the criticism with him has always been that he will p perform in one of the games and then go missing for the next five. Yeah, well, you know what? He's proving his criti uh, critics right. Like, he looks very average. Pepe has been a flop. Lacazette is very, very average. Aubameyang is playing on the wing. Like, what is going on? It is. <laughs> it actually, this is just a glorified Wolves, this team, this Arsenal team. And you know what? If I was an Arsenal fan, I'd hate to watch it because it's not fun. It can't be fun. It's boring. How can a disciple of Pep in Arteta be playing Sam Allardyce style of football, like or like Pulis or someone like that? Like it's mad. He, I don't think he trusts his t the team that he's got. Yeah. Like honestly, that 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 team is a mismatch of Wenger, <coughs> Emery, and a bit of Arteta mixed in. Do you know what I mean? Like every worst like player you could, could think about the last few years have pretty much gelled into that team now, and like. It it just when I watch AFTV like I see some fan reactions, the frustrations are the same as they were for the last few years. Like they will buy one player, and I think that'll be the whole solution. But to be honest, the whole defense needs to be changed. You know what I mean? One defender did, didn't change anything. I feel deep. So I agree with you. The style of play is bad. Like I hate seeing five at the back. I can't stand it. Even England player, it just frustrates me because I know there's not going to be any goals. I'm fed up with it. It's so shit. I'm fed up for Southgate playing it. I'm fed up with Arteta playing it because you know the key reason he's playing because he does not trust his players. That's as simple as that. Even bringing Partey in, I'm still thinking, why are you playing five at the back if you bought yourself a proper TM? There is no need, you know. He needs more trust in his players. You know, it feels like 
it's the same old Arsenal, but without the you know, like you said, like without the attacking flair. Do you remember back in the days it used to be one touch football? Oh, At least Wenger had an identity to him. Do you know what I mean? Like it may not be the most hardest team in the, world, in the league, but you know it would be it tried to be the most flairiest. Do you know what I mean? It feels yeah. like all these flair players have gone in that club. It feels like, and what their best player, uh, best player who had a flair, Ozil, is not even in the squad. Do you know what I mean? It's a shambles. I genuinely think they are one of the worst top six run clubs in the league, without a doubt. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you could argue United's close to it, but I don't think they're as bad as Arsenal. Awesome much worse. We're the worst run club in England, probably. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's debatable between wow. United and Arsenal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the game credit to Villa um, you know Villa laid down a blueprint I feel to a lot of clubs you know they did what and I'm not trying to pick on United here but they did what United didn't or couldn't do you know they took the fight to Arsenal and they exposed them absolutely yeah. exposed them and you know things do need to change at Arsenal because I don't think this is going to be a result that's going to be too uncommon this year on the flip side, as a Liverpool fan, I was quite uh, quite happy to see Arsenal take, uh, sorry, pardon me, Aston Villa take another scalp. Um, so it's not just us. Uh, I remember after the 7-2 game, one of the first things I said, almost hopefully, uh, at the time was, you know, this Aston Villa side is going to take points off some big teams. And I think that's coming true. I think everybody needs to watch out for them because they deserve to be where they are in the league. And their runoff games haven't been easy fixtures by any means so I think we need to take this Aston Villa team very seriously and this Arsenal team lacks identity yeah, yeah. you know you I mentioned Southgate annoys you Samra like how is Grealish you see the masterclass he put up against Arsenal how is this guy not in your starting 11 at world like in your England no. team like how is how is Declan Rice Phillips like no. how are these men are playing over like Grealish like what it's all mad to me Apart from Watkins, uh, no, like everything has been said. Aston Villa played aggressive, um, took it to the Watkins was amazing yeah. on the ball today. Um, he was late last game they played, but he was amazing today. And if they he continues like that, he will bang at least another five six goals easily in the next coming games. Yeah, yeah, we should watch out for the Grealish Watkins link up, you know. They're pretty deadly together, I feel like. Yeah, no, true good signing. Good signing, they, actually. They have a really good link up. So we are joined uh, as a later arrival, an Aston Villa fan. So, Craig, Malcolm, could you tell us your thoughts as an Aston Villa fan, the game against Arsenal? I'd say it's one of the best performances we've put in in a very long fucking... Oh, wait, can I swear in this? Yeah. Yes, man. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about it. Uh, it's one of my best performances in a while, man. Honestly. It, watching that is everything I envisage from the kind of performance I want. We we pressed them all over a pitch. We defended as a unit across the pitch. It was... I don't know, man. It was, it was beautiful to Did see. Did you feel like it was a better... Better win than the seven-two. Uh, sorry, guys. Oh sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the seven-two win over Liverpool. You, you felt like it was a more better performance. That was like put together by the team. Yeah, I would say the seven-two is more like a fluke in nature. In a, in the sense, we played well in that game, but we're, yeah, Liverpool were you know, for a few, just few. Yeah, a few deflections here and there, and it could have been a different result possibly. But 
the Arsenal, Arsenal we we suffocated them on the pitch. We 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 did not allow them to play. To a man, we were the better team, and yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say yeah. We 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 battered. Well, let's say one thing: we battered Arsenal. We we completely outplayed them. We didn't allow them to play football. <laughs> and just it too was well. yeah. shambles, literally. Oh no, Arsenal! Yeah, Arsenal. You could say they were shambles, but we made them look like shambles. You know, we put pressure on them high up the pitch. You know, yeah. Watkins, Trezeguet, and and Grealish. You know, they pressed everything. They they allowed no time on yeah. the ball. And Arsenal made mistakes. I have a question for Craig. Actually. And we we're reduced to yeah. only a couple of chances. So I was quite happy with that. Just yeah, yeah. just while we're on the subject of Aston Villa, I just want to ask you actually, um, what, what do you think the impact of the um, the signings? You know what? What's that brought to your team? Do you I, personally? I feel like um, signings of like uh, like Barkley, for example, it takes the pressure off Grealish as well, and it gives him another another option. The team's not solely relying on Grealish, so that I feel like they've got a bit Completely. more uh, like a, a bit more of a standing against other teams now with um, different options. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think, but I think Grealish and Barkley have already have formed a kind of there's a link between them, so they. You know, it's not always one of them tormenting. It'll be, you know, one one of them might drift in and out of the game, and the other will come in. But yeah, across the pitch, we've made a couple of signings. Like Maddie Cash at right back has slotted right in. He looks, he looks, he looks the part as well. I'd say Konza's stepped up from last season. Mings, him and Mings have formed a good partnership, and. Uh, and obviously, Emi Martinez in goal has been—it's been nothing short of fantastic for us. Absolutely. Yeah, Martinez has been he's, a sick signing. <laughs> he's been a, a great class. pickup. Yeah. I feel like that's a sucker punch to Arsenal as well, man. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Going, going back to yeah, going to his own stomping ground, taking a clean sheet. I mean, what better way of sticking two fingers up for exactly, your old club mate. than that? You know? yeah. He served as a backup for like yeah. eight years or something, didn't he, Martinez? He, yeah, he has. And obviously, the, he was there before Leno, I think. Yeah, so. well, well before Leno. So, yeah, Leno, obviously, Leno, they brought Leno in. Leno was fantastic, but. but nah, he, he was fantastic for Arsenal while Leno was injured, and he's come to us and he's continued that, that form, and it's it's been a joy to see. And obviously, Watkins up front is. He's, he's had a couple of quiet games, but, I mean. He's got five goals against Liverpool and Arsenal. And yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. I think he's adjusting to the Premier League, isn't he? So yeah, 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 definitely. He's, he's still, he's still young. Well, considering the yeah. uh, current markets, I think for the price he paid, he's been well worth the money. Even yeah. if he was a yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's one of those. It looks sounds crazy money, like it was thirty mil. It's it's a lot of money, but I think you know he's delivered he's delivered some good performances so far. And hopefully he uh, continues then on. Be nice to see. All right. Thank you, Craig, for joining in last minute to provide <laughs> your in-depth analysis of Aston Villa. Yeah. Precious analysis. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, thank you, everyone, who's tuned in to this week's episode of the Offside Football Show. I've been Harminza and everyone else. Say, say bye, everyone. <laughs> Ciao. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for listening. See you. Yep. See you guys for Take care. next episode. episode. Make sure you make sure you guys tune into the prediction show. Predictions. Come on, come. See you. Prediction. Cool. See you. Bye. Later.